Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Man, listen. The level of patience that I've had to exhibit to get to the things that's meant for me is insane. Um, but at, at this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like, I just, I wouldn't. You know, the tears that I've had to, to shed to get here, the, the hours of meditation that I constantly do, um, it's making me who, who I'm supposed to be. Um, like this healing journey, I, I learned every, every day that it's, it's extremely difficult. But also I, I've learned that the forgiveness journey adds so much to the healing and it's a um just an everlasting cycle of you know pain hurt healing happiness you know repeat um it's an integral part of being productive and fighting through the the mental stuff right you you unfortunately the life that i live as an empath um I'm drawn into so many things. Uh, I don't want to say unnecessarily, but I'm drawn into so many things on an emotional level because I genuinely care for the next person, right? It's not always like a romantic thing. It's not always um, I need something from someone or they need something from me. Like I genuinely just care about what people go through. Uh, one of the biggest things, as you guys know, for me is not allowing people to go through, you know, things alone, right? Like, let them know that they have some type of support, some type of care, uh, even if it's not in your realm of, of help, per se, just being there and just being a shoulder, an ear, you know, uh, a sounding board for people. It's just, it's I'm naturally drawn to that. or And so... It's just, it's just difficult. So as I go through my own um, healing and processing and stuff, uh, the different people around me, like when they're going through certain things, you know, I'm learning, right? I'm learning how to, how to deal with, with, their, um, with their issues, um, learning how not to, you know, try to overstep and, you know, try to take over the issue for them and stuff like that. But it's a difficult thing as an, as an empath and a person who is, very very serious about healing also very serious about not letting others um, go through things by themselves you know sometimes um, helping someone heal is literally just just being you know being a placeholder it gets difficult at times because sometimes you as the placeholder um, you're going to be the punching bag for the 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 rage you're going to be the punch bag for the blame you're going to get the brunt of it because you're you're the person that's willing to to stand in front of your you know your friend your partner your kids or whoever that's that's going through it if you choose so and so it's it's 
it's important to know that you're you are not the issue unless you're the issue. Like don't be the issue. But a lot of times when you you know when you stand in that place of defense for your for your people, you know you get whatever you know. Um, how can I say it? Like you're on the front line, so you're gonna get the blame. You're gonna get the aggression. You're gonna get the weird behavior and stuff like that. I, I tell all the time, uh, people all the time, like in my case with the with the depression and uh, the anxiety, paranoia, all that type of stuff, uh, uh, the elements don't know you, you. So you got to be patient with me because I know it probably don't look like it, but I'm fighting back responses from the ailment so that I can make sure that I'm saying the, the same things. Um, and it's a skill, right? It, it really is a skill. Uh, for people who deal with uh, deep mental issues, uh, deep health problems and stuff like that. It's a skill that you have to obtain if you want to, to be able to not take, try to take out or appear to take out everything on everybody. I remember there was a time in my life to where I was shut down, not really knowing it was depression. And before I realized, um, before I realized how deep the mental health stuff was was for me, but I would just respond. Like it didn't, no thought of, you know, the person's feeling, like my actions, like didn't, like it, it, I just didn't care. And not that, it wasn't that I didn't care, it was just that when you were in those, um, when you're dealing with that mental stuff and it has to do with anger and it has to do with pain and stuff like that, you just gonna, you, you trying to get it out of your body, right? You trying to get it out of your mind. So you just go, your, your responses are going to be very extreme, high level, um, aggression, emotion, etc. It's up to you to figure that out if you care about the people around you, right? It's up to you to say, okay, I see how I'm reacting and I don't really react like this normally or I don't want to react like this, especially to people that are standing, you know, here with me, you know, uh, trying to help me through it. And it took a, it took a little while. Um, again, y'all know me, my solution to everything. Like if I feel like I'm bugging, if I feel like I'm being extreme or I feel it in me that I'm about to get extreme or what, what have you, I'll isolate. I said before my isolation, it doesn't have much to do with the people that I'm isolating from more than it has to do with me uh, trying to recalibrate my emotions and how I respond to things. Because my first thought is extreme, always, especially um, when I'm hurt or confused. Especially when I'm hurt or confused. I'm sorry, y'all, my nose just started running out of the blue and I don't got nothing. Um, but especially uh, when it's out of the blue. So I had to really sit down with myself and, and check myself because it's certain people that I know that without them, this depression situation would be way worse. Um, and so I make sure I'm, I'm responding to them, uh, not like I'm walking on eggshells, but I make sure that, you know, my responses are very clear. My wording is very clear. So it's not that they uh, feel attacked. That is just that they understand that I'm going through whatever that I'm, that I'm going through. 
and it's difficult for me to communicate. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't say, you know, this is a, this is hard for me. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out, you know, so this is how I feel. They just immediately do the craziness. They do the aggression. They do the pushback. They do the blame and stuff like that. And they find reasons because you're the, you're, you're the thing in front of them. Right. And I've been, I, I've been here. And so this is one of the things that, you know, that I tell people, uh, when I'm mentoring, uh, when I'm counseling or coach, whatever you want to call it, it's like, don't let the thing ruin what you need. I've been there before. I've been in a position to where someone had nothing to do with the real emotions of what I had going on. But they got it. They they got their aggression, they got the crazy behavior, they they got it because they was the they was the one that that's in front of me and I'm not one like I'm not going out to like like I'm not going out searching for stuff. Like once the situation happens, like, like I'm gonna sit with that and it, it, it's gonna frustrate me, it's gonna bother me, but I'm not gonna go searching for that issue again. I just, it, that's not how, how it works for me because I know I'm so aggressive. And so having, you know, having the things that are going on go on, like, as much as it as difficult as it is, I'm looking at it as a as another learning experience, right? I can't control people's behavior. I can't control partner, friends, my kid. I can't control the behavior. So for me, I look at it as a lesson. Um, we all gonna learn. We're gonna we're gonna learn the the level of respect necessary to um, be a part of each other if it's important, um, or we're gonna learn that you know. We can't just be talking crazy to people, and now that relationship or friendship, now that's over. Like, but everything, I, everything that happens now, I look at it and I look for the lesson. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter um, how much it annoys me, how like how much it it hurts. I look for the lesson in it because it it's it has to be something there. I don't want to believe that people that I care about um, would be mean or would be callous or or whatever, right? Everybody's not perfect. And like I've said before, uh, my mental health issues don't, it is, it's not up to nobody else to walk on eggshells around me. It's not. It is up to me to know, you know, when I'm spiraling or feeling the way and stuff like that so that um, I can say it to whoever I need to say it to or if I just go into isolation, you know, people should know well enough, like, oh, okay, cool. It's not a personal thing. Like that's one of the difficult, one of the most difficult things that that I deal with mentally is that um, I always wonder: Do people feel like it's a personal thing? And then that bothers me, and then that makes me, you know, go out of my comfort zone to try to to not even figure out what this particular trigger was, but it makes me go out of my comfort zone to try to. Um, to communicate, but that's counterproductive for me because yet again, I'm another person putting me on the back burner. And I think that's one of the biggest parts of uh, of the depression for me, right? Besides the be, besides the the trigger of um, losing Kennedy, I feel like because I. 
because everyone puts me on a back burner and I'm everybody's secondary thing, which is fine. I can't to put myself on the back burner, right? Because then there, there's nothing for me. There's no care. There's no love. There's no, there's no patience. There's no understanding for me because I'm putting me on the back burner, putting everybody else, you know, ahead of me. I showed you guys that I struggled with that, you know, since I've been a kid. You know, when, when I was a kid, it was cute to put everybody in front of me, to do everything, you know, for other people before I would do it for myself. Like, it, it was cute, and it was done with no understanding, right? So when you're giving all of you to everything else, um, and you don't, you're, it's not being reciprocated. The love is not being reciprocated. The patience is not being reciprocated. Um, the kindness, the the understanding, uh, the peace is not being reciprocated. So it's like I'm, rem I'm I'm giving those parts of me that that should be should be taken care of by me. I'm giving that outward. And so what happens there is now it's an extreme level of loneliness. It's an extreme level of you know, nobody cares for me, nobody nobody loves me, yada, yada, whatever. When in fact, you know, I'm not anyone's priority. And you have to start understanding that. That in actuality, deep down, when you, when you, you know, if you really sit someone down and break their life down, none of us are each other's priority. It sucks for me because I don't like when I'm in a relationship or entertaining a relationship, you know, what my kids would work, even with the business. Like I always make for whatever reason, I always shift myself to the secondary position in my mind. I feel like the way that the world works is that if I show you love and I show you care and I show you understanding, it's going to be reciprocated. Right. Because they were taught that, you know, on this earth is balance. We like balance is necessary, you know, both in the physical, physical, and the spiritual realm. Because very few of us that are uh, in tune with ourselves for real, for real. Every, a lot of people just move selfishly. They move with the idea that I'm supposed to receive. I'm supposed to receive. I'm I'm never supposed to get. Um, I'm a firm believer that if, that you know everything that I went through in life, from health, from uh, my own personal health, my own personal mental health, you know, losing my child, uh, being in these difficult situations, you know, with my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, you know, the things that I go through with with the kids and stuff like that. Um, I'm a firm believer that the reward is going to be as, as whatever or whatever depth the hurt and the pain and the chaos what went. When you finally overcome and get to that that point, the uh, the outcome is going to be equally as extreme. I'm a firm believer in that. Like I, I, it, it's an exchange of energy. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I do know that when it when it turn around for me, the turnaround is going to be something very extreme. Why? Because I've travailed for so long. I haven't caught a break. I haven't caught near break in a very, very long time. And so I know that, you know, when in my mind, when when it's time to overcome, that thing is gonna be that much greater. You know, in the meantime though, it's the matter of 
truly gaining understanding, truly gaining that peace of mind that, okay, even when things happen, a lot of times it's not you, right? So like people could do certain things to me and I don't take it personally no more. You know, it's, it's not a personal thing. It's just more of, all right, I have to set a different level of boundary because maybe this person, they don't understand me clearly. Maybe they don't, they, they don't think that I'm serious about the boundaries or the requirements um, that I have to, to have access to me. Because again, I'm already going through what I'm going through. I fought and I, I fought and I fight daily to get out of it and stay out of it as long as I possibly can. Right, so I can't allow, um, I can't allow people to come in and add to that. But again, it's a me thing of making sure that I'm pulling myself off the back burner and bringing myself to the forefront, um, so that I can deal with life properly, so I can handle friendships and relationships properly, so that um, my foot is, is is set on solid ground, so that you know, okay, this is. Like, this is what you have to do to to continue to have access to me as a human being. I don't need you add an extra to mine, right? I don't. I don't. It, it's depression that I have is not your fault. I'm not going to take that out on you, but you can't take out your stuff on me either, right? I'm a firm believer of like just. Just let on. Just let let's not attack each other. Let's speak clearly. You know, even when I'm when I'm dealing with the kids and they going through stuff and they're mad, like I'll be having, like I'll tell them to count to ten in in a minute. Because again, I'm the person in front of them, and so you know they be mad at teachers or things that happen at school, or or junior be mad at stuff at work and get to talking aggressive to me. Like I'm the teacher. Like I was there. Like I don't. I don't know what's going on. And so I'm teaching them early, hey, that's not, no, you don't, no. That's not how you do it. Relax, get your words together. It's okay to be mad, but realize I'm not the person that, that did it. So you don't get to have that type of attitude with me, right? I had to, I had to learn that part by myself. Like I used to, I used to like, once I'm mad, Whoever talked to me gonna know that I'm mad because because I didn't like that about me. I start excuse me, I started to isolate. Right, because I care about I care about who and what I care about, and so with that, I have to take the step. See, when you have. When you when you are going through trauma and tragedy, a lot of times no one holds you accountable out of fear of causing a reaction to said illness. But you have to have someone in your life that you trust enough that when they say you wildin', you you're not combative and you understand that, right? For me, I can feel it. So I tell everybody in my house, hey, 
y'all have pushed me to a limit to where my responses are going to be very, very not like me. So I need y'all to leave me alone for a second. Even with my kids. It's, it's, it, and it's, the, it's most important for me to do that with my kids so that they can see that, one, yes, I'm, I'm upset and I'm, uh, uh, there's going to be some type of reprimand, but so that they can see that I, I offer grace because I know I'm not perfect. I'm not just about to jump down your throat and go off and, and yell and scream and kick and scratch. I'm going to chill because I feel myself responding from my own shortcomings, my own mental health stuff, my own trauma that, you know, their actions could have triggered something for me to think about when I was a kid. I can't respond to them from that. It's a skill that I had to work on, though. So that's why I even started the idea of full isolation when I'm going through certain things because people don't understand. And when they're not when 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 they're not privy to your day-to-day life and how depression affects you and anxiety and paranoia and how it affects you, their opinions tend to, uh, tend to be different because they, they've never experienced. They're looking at it from the outside in. Like a lot of people will tell you, just don't be depressed or just don't think about this or, well, you have this going on and that going on and, you know, why are you sad or why are you this? And if it worked that way, do you, like, I be trying to tell people if it really worked that way that I could just not think like that, I wouldn't. If I could say when paranoia hits, all right, I'm not paranoid, and it just cut off like that, you don't think I would do that? And so that's how I that's how I look at other people, right? I can't just like when I'm in my funk, I can't just turn it off. No matter how hard I try, no many, no matter how many happy thoughts that I have, no, much, no matter how much uh, meditation that I do, when I'm in the funk and, and, and I'm in the trenches with it, I, I can't, it, it just isn't it. And if you are a part of me, that it has to be a level of understanding because I'm gonna shut down. And it's not about me shutting down because you did something. The shutdown has nothing to do with anything that you said. Triggers are triggers. And so I sit and I cry often. I sit and I meditate often. I think about certain things often. Because I, I, I want to, like one day I'm going to be able to think about something for the last time. Meaning that I was able to fight that, that tragedy. I was able to fight that trigger. I was able to break that down in, and move forward for real to the point to where it doesn't affect me as much. Like right now, like I'm, I'm really trying to break down. Um, like when I see other fathers with their daughters. Immediate trigger. Immediate trigger. When I see newborn babies, when they're, you know, um, when they're in their hospital blanket, you know, the, the same one we all was in, you know, the same blankets they've been using for decades at this point. Major trigger. Right? But nobody, nobody's going to understand that. So I have to deal with my own emotions about it. I have to stay away from it the best I can. 
until I'm able to process that. The reason why, you know, that's a trigger. That's the first and last. Uh, that's the first and last way I saw my daughter wrapped up in that hospital blanket with the beanie on. So seeing it, it brings me back to that moment and realizing that I'll never, I'll never see my daughter again. My daughter, I, I, like, I won't. There was no funeral. There was none of that. It, uh, she was cremated, and and that was that. I'll never see my daughter again. And so seeing those type of things, like it affects me. And knowing that, I isolate. I try my hardest to, you know, when I'm when if I'm on social media and I and the algorithm is being petty and it sends me a bunch of a baby yada yada whatever, like I just I get off. But I don't take it out on anyone else. I chill. I mind my business. You know, I deal with the pain of it. I deal with the confusion, uh, the confusion of it, and then I keep it pushing. And so this week has been just that. It's been a a, a um, an eye opener of putting myself back on the front, putting myself on the on, on the front burner, because, like I, I think I said last week, nobody coming for me. Meaning, like nobody's coming with this mysterious cure to depression. No one's coming to, you know, with this cure for anxiety, for paranoia. No one's coming. And so realizing that it's like, quit letting your empathy put you in a position that you know there is no safety yet. There's no safety with me on the back burner. Because the love and the care is not reciprocated how I need it to be reciprocated. Right? I go I go hard with care. I go hard with love. I go hard with support. I, I do. Because I believe that there is going to be a day to where that's going to come back full, you know, uh, uh, um, what is it? That's going to come back full circle. It, it, it is. I believe that. And I'm going to believe that to the day that I, you know, until it's over for me. Because I, I, I go too hard for people. I go too hard for strangers. Like I'll see stuff on, I'll, I'll see stuff on social media and I'll see somebody grinding and getting in it. I don't care if they have one view every time. I'm that one view. I'm a retweet. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a share it. I'm a follow it. I'm because I see what you're doing. And again, I know how it feels to be going super hard at something and be super passionate and trying to help and just trying to get your creativity out there and do what you're trying to do and it be unseen, right? And, and what people don't realize sometimes, like that one view, that one retweet, that one share, like that be having people going crazy at home. Like I'm very much a, a, a minimalist as it results to to support in how I get it, meaning, yeah, it'd be cool to go viral. It'd be cool to have thousands and thousands of views on every podcast, to have, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales monthly and stuff like that for the store. But I'd be appreciative of the one. I'd be hyped for the one. You know, the podcast, where even though we're, you know, our numbers are low, right? You don't, you don't, I think I get maybe in a month, maybe 12 views on YouTube, right? Uh, 
I got I got twelve subscribers. So probably those twelve maybe give it half a listen on YouTube, whatever. To air to the outside looking in, they'll look at that and that'll be defeat for them. Because I've I've made up in my mind that one person is enough, one listen is enough. If I'm helping one part, because I made that up in my mind, or, or I've rationalized that in my mind, and I'm I'm confident, I'm cool with it. I don't trip off stuff like that, because when you look on on the back end, you see 12 views on YouTube, three views, four views. When you look on the back end, this podcast runs and not only runs, but it's being played, like people are actually listening and downloading in 22 countries. That's crazy. So for that, I have to be honest on and off camera, right? I have to fight the fight. I have to fight the fight. Um, whether this podcast continues or not, I have to fight the fight because I'll be doing, I'll be doing people a disservice that listen to 105 episodes if I quit. If I stop trying to gain understanding, if I stop trying to help, because yeah, it don't, it don't, it don't look like nothing, you know. It don't look like nothing to people. But 21 countries is something too. No, it's not all the countries of the world. And I'm again, I'm fine with that. Because the, the thing is, is that I'm not trying to be the best. If that happens and I become the best through my work, through my patience, through, you know, uh, me really getting in, in, in order, right? If that comes, that comes. But I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on helping people. I'm focused on Hey, you are not by yourself. I'm focused on fellas. Cry if you have to. Like, stop trying to be tough about everything. You're going to kill yourself trying to live up to these standards that we were raised with. And again, we were raised out of fear. Like, we was raised to be these crazy warriors in a time that we, we weren't living in. So for me, it's ideal... For, how can I say, it's ideal for me to be selfish. It's important for me to be selfish properly. We, we went over how to be selfish properly many, many moons ago. We went through that. Every step is weird. Every step that I take, I try to, like, no, no matter what happens, no matter who the person is, no matter what the thing is, like, I always just step back as if I am not important enough to stand in the front. I remember even back in school, I was never concerned with being a line leader because I felt like we was all going to the same place anyways. But I also remember the few times that I was chosen to be the line leader. I was proud of that because I earned it, right? 
it's weird that when you when when you were when you were young, you have to earn your leadership. Even in that, people probably look at that like, oh, that was dumb. Da, 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 da. Who wants to be the line leader? But what that taught me is that you have to earn leadership, meaning you have to earn the respect. You have to do the right things in class. You have to do the right things at recess. Um, you can't be wilding out and stuff. You have to be focused in class, doing your work, yada, yada, whatever. You had to earn it. Just like, you know, with this pot, I got to earn leadership. I'm not trying to be the boss of nobody. I'm not trying to be the boss of mental health. I am, you know, trying to be a leader uh, in this space, meaning, uh, like, it's still too many guys who are afraid to cry. It's still too many guys who are afraid to uh, acknowledge uh, the element of depression, right? It's too many. It's too many guys that feel like they have to be tough. It's too many women that feel that about them as well that they aren't allowed to have emotions. There's so many men out there that have conversations with their partner, and, and it's unheard because you a man and you ain't supposed to talk to me like that with emotion. You're not supposed to be hurt. You're not supposed to feel. You know, anything other than I'm going to protect, I'm going to provide at all costs, and I'm going to keep on going and keep on moving and keep on doing this, no matter what it takes, because I'm supposed to provide, and I have to do that, right? It's ideal for you to say to yourself, because even your partner does it. Even your, par your kids, they're going to do it. You have to have a, 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 a wall. Not a thick one, a thin one. You have to have a thin wall around yourself that protects you and that keeps in the things that you need most so that you aren't giving all of you to everyone else because you don't know. Like, I don't know when it's going to be reciprocated. I have hopes that the love will be reciprocated, the care, the patience, the understanding, the respect. I have hopes that it will be reciprocated I do not know when. So I have to have that thin wall up that's not allowing me to give everything to friendship, everything to relationship, everything to work, even everything to the business. Because we'll get lost in that so fast. Like I told y'all, you know, a while ago, like I used to work my ass off for this company that I work for, even with the new position. Um, like, it's just, it's dumb. It's not even the actual work. It's the people. It's extremely stressful. Before, I would just be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, all right, I'm a, I'm a chill. I'm not going to say nothing, yada, yada, whatever. But more recently, it's been one of those things that, all right, we want, we want chaos. Let's, let's just have chaos. Like, let's, let's just do it. Like, I'm tired of the high school uh, tip for tat. I'm tired of the tattletelling. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, so let's just do a full out metaphorical food fight and let, we're going to do this every day until this shit stops. And it, it's, it's, it's childish. Like, I, I hate the idea that I cannot, like, I got to go to work and deal with kids and then get off work and deal with kids. Like, I can't even really work on business stuff because my mind be everywhere. So it's like little by little I work on um, the other parts of the business, not because um, it's even that hard of a, of 
with the things that I'm trying to do, but because the stress level of what I'm at with everything that's going on uh, with my own kids and with work. And so once I get off, it's like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't, all I want to do when I get off is I, whatever the thing is that brings me the most peace, I want to be in that. Like the way that my, my house is set up, like my studios downstairs where the main uh, common area is. So I don't even really be in my studio for real because on the other side of the wall, you know, that's where the kids play the PlayStation stuff and uh, some of my music, they don't care for a lot of their music. I don't care for and because this is all a common space and I do have, you know, an office that I can sit into. I just lock myself in my office um, and do like clerical work, do notes for, you know, for the pod and stuff like that. But it's because of, of the stress. I don't even want to entertain the idea of chaos. You know, I got three teenagers and, a, and an 11 year old. I'm not interrupting what they got going on because they need that they need that chaos amongst themselves so that they can continue to build their bond. If I'm, you know, if I'm in the space and I'm like shut up and leave them alone and blah, 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 and I'm stopping, you know, the 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 little things that are going to help them grow respectfully, I'm doing a disservice. This this is their house too. I get it, you know, I, I'm the one that paid the bills and, and supply the needs and yada yada whatever. But I'm very much so my kids didn't ask to be here. There's a certain a level of respect that I give to my kids regardless. It doesn't matter if they pay bills or if they don't. It's certain things that they do and they're gonna get a response that is gonna be warranted to the thing that they did. If I'm on the back burner though, I'm allowing them to just do whatever and just to be reckless because I don't really care. Um, I'm weak back there. I'm weak. I've given I've given off all of my energy to this. I've given off all of my love, all of my care, all of my discipline, um, all of my understanding. I've given it all so they can, you know, they're going to do whatever and say whatever, move how they want to move without me saying anything because I'm burnt out because nobody is pouring back into me. Instead of it being a woe with me, I don't, you know, no one loves me relationship-wise. Like, you know, I'm so insecure because I have all these kids. I'm so insecure because I, I have these uh, these these mental health issues. And again, I'm not like aggressive. I don't have multiple personalities, nothing like that. But it like I'm honest. I'm I'm upfront about my my mental health stuff. I'm upfront. Yeah, I got hella kids. I'm upfront about that, even though they're insecurities because I don't want to waste my time. Or I don't want to waste people's time. But if I'm on, if if I'm on the back burner. I'm giving out all of I'm giving out all of that. It's a certain way of life. I don't care how nice, how charitable, I don't care how loving a person can only give off so much without receiving. Right? I'm a natural giver. It just is what it is. And so I try to I try to deal with people who understand that and won't take advantage of it. Like I try to I try to be open about that. I don't like I'm not gonna say no for real. 
And that's not a them thing, that's a me thing, because I have to learn if, if the no is warranted or the thing is going to put me in a hole, I have to learn how to say no. Because I'm just being 100% honest with y'all. I don't get back, I don't even think 5% of what I give out overall as a human being. And when it's consistent, me giving whatever I'm giving, love, care, understanding, an ear, a shoulder, a hug, like whatever, when I'm, when I'm giving all of that with no reciprocation, it's going to take a toll on me. And so that's why I have brought up work. No matter what position I'm in at work, I'm giving all of me. I'm helping. I'm going overboard. Oh, you want overtime? I'll stay overtime. Oh, you want me to switch to this? I'll do that. You want me to switch back to that? I'll do that. This is your company. You pay me my options or as long as it doesn't, you know, uh, affect my morals, my options are to do the job or quit. And so that's why it it bothers me when I'm when I'm at work and I'm having to deal with childish shit, when I'm having to deal with uh, he say, she say. And it's just like. We all grown. There's not a child that works here. It don't have to be this way. And then I'm reminded of that same behavior when I get off work. Again, if I put myself second, I'm going to let all that shit fly no matter how it annoys me or bothers me or whatever. I'm not going to speak to it. I'm not going to speak about it. I'm just going to let it be what it is. But again, it's not. I, I have to have that wall up to be able to deal with, with everything because I don't trust nobody to, to give it back to me. When I love, I love because I love. When I give, I give because I give. My mind is wired to say, hey, be certain you want to do this thing. Be certain you want to love this person. Be certain you want to give this to that person. You want to do this. for Like, be certain because it's not going to come back. And I learned that part fairly, fairly young. Like we're taught, especially people who grew up in church, that you know uh, you reap what you sow. And so, if you sow uh, what they used to say, you sow bad seed, you're gonna get bad seed. But if you sow good seed, you're gonna uh, receive good seed. I've been sowing hella good seed, and it's it, it, and and when I say that, because I see those people flourishing. But it's not reciprocating. And it's not always it's not always going to be. You have to know that because it'll change you and how you operate and how you move. If I let that if I let that fact alone of how little is reciprocated to me affect me, you don't get this podcast of me trying to help. I don't get the feeling of, hey, I, I, I'm going through this. And I feel like I'm alone. So let me search for something, just a regular person that's fighting depression. Um, you know, hopefully they haven't lost a child, but they've dealt with like some type of grief. Um, like, let me look for that. And then when I don't find it, you know, I just give up. Like, oh, it's not there. Without me coming to that realization, I don't do the podcast. I don't release the poetry. 
I don't release the apparel to give you tangible items to, to, to feel strong about yourself, to understand that we are all flawed, but there's peace in it. I go out of my way to be aware of certain things when I'm dealing with people. Once I've moved myself off of the, the emotional pedestal of life, I start seeing a lot clearer. I often tell myself just, just to keep myself in line. Ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. And what that means for me is do what you're doing because you because you want to do it. Because nobody's coming. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not saying that in a woe is me way. But we need to start realizing that even if we have people that we know are. Even if we have people in our lives. That reciprocate at whatever level. We still have to have that smidget of ain't nobody coming to see you so that we don't get big headed and, and we don't lose our way. I know that what I'm going through is not just me going through it. I know that what I'm going through is is it's bigger. It, it, it's bigger than the actual thing, right? So with that, I don't I don't take it out on nobody. I just understand, hey, like we gotta we gotta get through this. We have to, we have to start figuring out, you know, it's it's a couple things, right? We have to understand we're not the priority in people's lives. You can be full on married. You can have kids like I have kids like you're not the priority in their lives. No matter what you do, no matter how you slice it in, in the moment you understand that the better your life is going to get because you're not going to be taking stuff personally. Right. You're going to be able to sit back and be like, oh, OK, cool. And it, and it be that and you be able to continue the conversation or whatever the situation is. But when you feel like you should be priority and you're not, then that's when stuff start start shifting. Yeah, to a certain, you know, yeah, there's a, a high level of respect and care that needs to be shown. But you need to understand that it may not always be that. It may not. You have to understand it's not a you thing. It's not because you're doing this, it's not because you're doing that. It's it just is what it is. Like, I don't go searching for stuff. I always laugh at, at the stories that I hear um, about people going through, you know, their other person's phone or, you know, uh, going through emails or yada yada. I always laugh at that because what is it that you're looking for? Right? You're going to hurt nine times out of ten of everything that I've heard. You're going to hurt yourself looking for that because the more information that you obtain, the more questions that you have. Like it's 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 natural. Like right now, if I if, if, right now, as I'm sitting here, if I prick my finger. In real time, I know that I'm recording a podcast. I know that, you know, I have audio, I have video. I know that that's going on. Right. It's cold as fucking here. I, I know all those things, but right now, if I stab my finger, none of that is going to matter. My brain is going to say, we just got stabbed in the finger. Figure that shit out. They don't care about the podcast. And you're going to spend time 
looking like like if, and I'm just being honest, you you're gonna spend more time focused on what the hell just happened to my finger out of the blue than you're gonna be able to focus on everything else. Like everything in you is gonna focus on your finger being stabbed, like you weren't just doing other things. And that's how it is. That's how it is in our mental health space. Whatever trauma or trigger that happened, whether small or little, uh, uh, whether small or big, right? No matter what that trigger is, our mind is going to focus on that thing. That thing could have happened decades ago. It could be something that maybe is very, very small, you know, on a greater scale of things, but you haven't been able to weigh it properly. But whatever that thing is, our mind is going to focus on that. And what people don't understand, when you are dealing with uh, uh, depression, anxiety, and that chemical imbalance is there, even in the slightest, you can't control that. Now, all I care about is why is that? Like, like it, it's certain words and certain things that I listen to, and it's like, why you, why you said that? And you probably don't even know that this is something that affects me. Right. And so why you said that? And so now it's like you, you, you subconsciously go, this person don't fuck with me for real. And now I'm trying to figure out where I met you at and what time of my life I met you at, uh, who sent you here? Are you here to, to deter me from, from healing? Are you here to hurt me? Like my mind just starts going wild. Like, like, why did you say that specific thing? Because it triggered my mind back to something that happened. It made me look at you in a way that I don't want to look at you because you haven't, you, you haven't done nothing to me, but because you said that now I got to look at you different. And we start looking, you know, we, 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 we start looking for the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and we just stuck on that. And we're enslaved by it. And there's no real defense for that. It's, it, it isn't. And if you don't have a high level of care and a high level of understanding, like, that's going to ruin a lot of friendships for you. Or you're, you're, you're going to give off the impression because you, because you don't know. And, you know, a lot of us, um, we, we don't deal with people with uh, ailments like respectfully because we're, we're looking at it from a different we're looking at it from a, a perspective that 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 we don't really have for real see i have the pers perspective of not having depression and anxiety um, and paranoia i have that perspective but now that i'm going through it that it has changed so I can, I can tell you this is how I feel and this is how, how my mind works. I can tell you that a million times. If you, you know, and I don't wish this upon nobody, but if you don't experience it for yourself, it's still going to be a level of, of uh, uncertainty in how you move and how you deal with people. But this is why I'm upfront about, you know, having, you know, mental health issues because... I'll get to a point and I'll be fixated on that thing. Why did you say that? Like it could be a joke that you have you have no clue 
but you will say it and I'll like, why are you saying that? And now my mind is like, oh, you're that person sent you here. That person that said it before they sent you here to spy on me, to, you know, to do whatever. That's paranoia. But again, it goes into you putting yourself second and you reducing your defenses that you have for yourself to give them to other people. A lot of us weren't given the tools to navigate through life for real. Majority of us, if not all of us, we were taught to navigate through the neighborhood. Don't wear this color, stay off of that street, um, be in the house before the street lights come on, uh, don't talk to this person. Like, like a lot of us, we, we've been seeing death in, in real time. We've been seeing dead bodies in real time. We, we, we have our, our friends that we grew up, we, we, we've seen them die, like as kids. But we gotta suck it up. You can't show emotion for real. You can't show fear. We taught that if you show emotion, you show fear, streets is gonna eat you alive. And you, ha you, have, to, um, you have to appear this way. A lot of people are still raised like that today. They're not allowed to be who they are. It's a lot of people growing up in poverty, a lot of people growing up in gang infested areas, a lot of people growing up in, you know, suburbia. A lot of a lot of us growing up and we're being taught how to just navigate through the neighborhood, you know, don't uh don't have police interaction, fuck the police, don't snitch, uh don't, you know, um don't cry when, when your friends die. Go get revenge. Like, dumb shit like that. You got to be a man. You got to be tough. Like, a, a lot of issues in neighborhoods across the world, in neighborhoods across the country, however you want to slice it, a lot of that shit happens because a lot of people have been forced to live a life that they don't really understand for real. I'm gentle by nature. But I wasn't allowed to be gentle as a kid because of the areas that we grew up in. All of my responses because the area that we grew up in, because I wasn't allowed to be gentle. I had to act tough, I had to, and, I, and when I say act tough, I don't mean like uh, start trouble, but you can't back down from it. If somebody talk crazy to you, like no matter how big they are, you gotta stand in front of it and deal with it, yada, yada, whatever, because you're not gonna get bullied and this, that, and the other. There ain't no conversation. When, you're, when you grow up in the inner city, you're never taught to use your words, ever. It's very few people that I've come across that weren't taught like violence for violence. Because of that, you, you have these quote unquote gangster, uh, tough warrior shooters, however you want to call it. 
these be the most gentlest people for real. But because years and years and years of being told that they couldn't be, they watch people be called sissies. They watch people be called punks. They watch people get picked on. They're not realizing these these people are like, I'm a person, I'm not reacting or, or being a punk per se or tucking tail. <laughs> I'm not doing that because I'm scared of you. I'm going to go to jail behind it. I'm going to die behind it. Why? Because the gentle part of me is diluted because all of us are being taught to be tough. All of us are being taught to be aggressive. All of us are being taught that way. So when you think about it, like you, like for me, when I really think about how life was for me, it makes me understand the violence a little bit different. Again, if you if if you succumb to that level of violence where you lose your freedom or lose your life, I'm sad for you. Like I I, I understand, you know. But those guys that are just just scared of being gentle of being cool like it doesn't i had to learn that me being gentle me being calm or whatever that doesn't take away from my toughness per se or that doesn't make me less of a of a, of a man i just choose like i don't want to live by societal standards where i can't be emotional and i can't express feelings i'll like i'll never forget um my oldest daughter's baby shower. And that is it, super duper sad. Like I'm, I'm gonna try to not to cry because that was the first, that was the second sign for me that I was used for said baby. I remember, you know, going to the baby shower and I'm like, oh, like I'm involved, right? Like I'm, I'm me. Like y'all know me. Like y'all, y'all seen me do this four times before. Y'all know I'm all out. You know I'm, I'm supportive. I'm, fo I'm opening, holding up the gifts. Um, you know, taking notes of the gift, yada yada, whatever. I remember feeling so useless and so left out. Right. I just was trying to participate and stuff like that. And then I remember her. Oh, my cousin gonna do this. My cousin, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I was like, all right, bet since I'm not welcome here and I can't participate, then I'm I'm a I'm a dip because I didn't want to make a scene, right? And I remember her response to me like it created an entire, it like it created an entire argument. I'll never forget that feeling. I'll never forget it. I tried like I was like, all right, I'm gonna leave. I'm not whatever. I'm a dip. I remember looking her in her face like, you really want to do this here? Like, you really want to do this right here? I never felt the same again after that. You just showed everybody in here the truth. You just showed everybody that I'm not important to this. I'm, I'm, I'm not an important part to this situation. 
you got what was necessary for you to get. It is what it is. And that, that like, you're good now. I fought through that. Even after that moment, I fought through that, like, for a whole nother two years. Still thinking about that moment, like, damn, you really don't fuck with me for real. But I don't want to be on no abandonment shit, you know, for, for my child. But the disrespect and creep. Because I'm taught to be gentle, I never responded. Because I know that my response is going to be something that I learned off the street. My response is going to be something that it is, is going to be aggressive that, you know, when I have a conversation with my, with my friends about it, they're going to be like, boy, you wow, I can't believe you did that. Like, I know that because that's all I know because really I'm a gentle spirit and it's just like, yo, I can't believe, you know, you would, I can't believe this is how this is playing out. The gentleness in me didn't allow me to respond in real time. In fact, it, it my response was just, all right, I can't, I'm not doing I'm not doing this no more. I just I just moved on. If I was taught properly that I could be gentle, that I could speak, that I could, you know, say what was necessary, um, yeah, the shit would have been over, but I would have been able to I would have been able to say it and, and confront it very early. It's difficult, like confrontation and conflict is difficult for me, especially, you know, when it's something that I'm giving my all to, when I'm doing my very best that I could possibly do. But because I was, I was raised in a time to where you have to be aggressive, you can't tuck tail. You, you, you have to just go for it. And we weren't like, we didn't do etiquette classes in the inner city. Not at least it wasn't none in my, in, in my city. We didn't, we didn't have that. We like, and I mean etiquette in general, how to deal with relationships like that dance, you know, how they teach you how to put the shit on the, the placemats, the salad floor, all that, like the dances. All, we didn't, we didn't do nothing like that in the inner city. I think that shit would have been helpful. So because of that, like I said, you know, thing when you don't correct certain things at young ages, like it just it just goes. So if you don't correct the fact that, like, I I can speak up. Like that's one of the biggest reasons why I allow my kids to to have a voice. Like even when I'm wilding out, like the the rule is that, you know, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. When you gonna say what you gonna say, and if it changed my mind, all right, cool, my bad. If it gives me a different level of understanding, bro, my bad. My uh, my fifteen year old, my twin, he's he's won multiple. But dad, da 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 da, and it's like, oh shit, you know what? I'm bugging, bro. I'm bugging. Because I don't want them to grow up and be in a position that I'm in of feeling like they have to agree. Just because I said it, it's right. Just because I do it, you know, that's the right way to do it. Just because I advise on how to do it, that's like you you don't get to have your own thoughts. Like this is how it's supposed to be done. Because I know how that feels. Because I know what that creates. I allow them to speak freely and be, and, and be who they are. See, we're taught to to be so callous to things. We're taught to, 
you know, just you uh, turn a blind eye to things. And deep down, we be feeling a way where you want to say something, but because of our upbringing, we don't. We just allow things to happen, and it's compounded on top of of so many things. There's so many. It's so much stuff going on with me that I fight through. You know, when it's when when stuff comes from the outside, it's like, yo, I don't, I don't really got time for that big dog. Yeah, I, I really don't. And being an empath, it doesn't it doesn't help. And so, because we're taught that way, we got to fight that shit. Like enough is enough. Again, I'm not telling y'all because again, I I trust me. I know how difficult it is to get you know guys to really share emotion and stuff like that. But I implore you all to like try it. Try to express your real feelings for real. Get out of your way. You know, kill your ego for a moment and really you know, really express your emotions. I know, I know gangsters that could dance their ass off, but they won't dance because they're gangsters. I know hardcore people who can sing their ass off, but they won't sing because streets ain't going to appreciate that. It's unfortunate that this is how, how life is. But as you keep going through it and you keep hiding who you are, you keep hiding your emotions, you like in that, the emotions that like, like, let me be very clear. Those people who get so mad that they cry. Those are dangerous people. That cry is not a cry of fear. That cry is not a, a, a cry of embarrassment. That cry is a, I've been trying to be who I want to be, but y'all keep making me be aggressive. And now I'm so mad because I can't tell you, hey, you're hurting my feelings. This is bothering me. I can't tell you that. I have to fight. So now I'm so mad that I'm crying because those emotions that I keep on hiding those emotions that I keep putting on the back burner, they have now come to a point of overflowing. And now, even in the midst of me beating your ass, I'm going to be sad that I'm beating your ass because this is not what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to tell you when you first did whatever you did, hey, that hurt my feelings. But I knew that you were going to say that I was being extra. I knew that you were going to say that I was a punk. I knew that you were going to say, you know, boys don't cry, be tough, suck it. I knew that you were going to say this, so I didn't say that. And then the second time, I didn't say nothing. And now I'm to the point to where it has overflown and I'm crying, not because I'm scared, not because, like, because people be having, like, trying to have the satisfaction. Like, I made you cry. Like, no, I'm about to kill you. Because a level of confusion of what I really feel and what I have to be. Stop playing with these people that get so mad that they cry. Like, they're on the verge. They don't feel like they can be emotional around you. They don't feel like they can tell you that, you know, you're hurting their feelings and you, and, and, and you understand that and you try to change. 
because they're loving and they they have hope and they they believe that you're going to change they believe that you're going to just see them for who they are and allow them to be emotional allow them to be uh every facet of who they are without judgment there was you're always going to get that response A lot of my nonchalantness, a lot of my isolation, a lot of my chill behavior is because I know if I express emotion to certain people, it's it's a lost cause. It's no point in me expressing emotion because, again, a lot of these people that I talk to was raised like me, so they don't know how to deal. They're not on the same healing journey that I am. We are leaps and bounds away from each other with, when it comes to healing. I'm not saying that anybody that I talk to or come in communication with is not trying to heal, but I'm doing this shit on purpose every day. I'm trying to heal on purpose every day, no matter what pain that that, that brings to me. Because it's important. I spent years of being a gentle soul, but outwardly having to not be gentle. I'll never forget. Um, I was a kid. I didn't know nothing about nothing. Said this before, was was attempting, you know, uh, we had went to my Auntie Celicia's house, um, Jordan Down Projects. My god sisters was outside jumping rope. I didn't see girls jumping rope. I saw kids having fun. I'm not knowing, I'm a kid, I'm not knowing nothing for real about, you know, gang members um, other than, you know, seeing them be around and drink 40s and, you know, with their pistols on the hip, yada, yada, whatever. Like, yeah, but I'm a kid. You see, like my mind said, you see me as a kid. You're not tripping with me. Every time, like, because we used to live in a Jordan Down. Even then, I wasn't thinking about being tough or or nothing like that. But I'll never forget we we visited, you know, my auntie, my gossips out there. My mind, I saw kids out there jump rope, uh, kids jump jumping rope. I didn't see girls jumping rope. I saw kids, so I went out there and I'm you know I'm jumping rope. My mom got so upset. She got so upset. To this day, I don't, I, I, like, that traumatized me. I was a kid. I ain't trying to be tough. I ain't, I ain't thinking about gang banging. I'm not thinking about none of that. That let me know right there, all right, I, I can't be me. I got to, I even as a kid, I got to have this tough exterior all the time. I can't jump rope. Like like people tripping like like these grown adults are tripping because I'm 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 a jump rope. And so I remember that my entire life. And it's sad because my my mother is my dominant my dominant parent. So a lot of my mannerisms, characteristics, the way I talk, the way, you know, as emotional as I am, it comes from my mom. Because she's the dominant parent. Even as an adult, there's certain things like I don't react a certain way because uh, because I didn't because I was unable to be the gentle, emotional kid for real, for real. All of my responses to things are very much extreme. 
I got burned out with not with not being able to be the gentle soul that I am without ridicule, without ridicule. Because that's another thing, right? You have to deal with with reputation. Like you, you you have to deal with how your parents see you, and in their mind, you're a young man. You can't do sensitive type stuff. You can't do things that are deemed girly, whatever. So you have to deal with that part. So I have to shut off being gentle because what my, this is how my parents is raising me. You know, they they know what's right. I don't know nothing about gang members. I don't know about nothing about street perception, whatever. I got to live like that. But then you get in school and now you have to deal with the jokes. You have to deal with the ridicule. You have to deal with the peer pressure of being tough and doing things. Right. It reminds me of that 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 scene in the woods. When Mike. When, when, when Slim and Roland had bet Mike to touch Alicia's ass. Right? He didn't know what was going to happen. They knew. He didn't know. But, it, but he didn't want to be the gentle person that he was. He wanted to fit in. He, he didn't want them to joke on him. He didn't want to appear scared. He did what he did, and Stacy beat the brakes off of him. That's real life for a lot of us. That is like that is real life for a lot of us where we're so afraid of the ridicule of the jokes because we get it at home. Uh, we, we get it at school. It's like, all right, I got to be like everybody else. And we wonder why we have, you know, this repeating cycle. Because no one is allowing their kids to speak freely uh, and honestly. No one is allowing their their kids to, you know, feel like I always said, and I said this since they was young, like when it came to how I communicate with my kids, because ever since my kids could understand me, respectively, I've talked to them like adults. If we gotta move somewhere, I sit my kids down, hey, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna live here for too much longer. You know, that's what it is. They was four, you know, five years old. Hey, I'm thinking about this relationship. Hey, you know, I got to get another car, but, you know, we got to get this type of car because it's all of us. And we got car seats and stuff. I've done that since they could understand conversation with me. Now they're teenagers. Yeah, they get on my nerves. But when we have conversations, they understand where I'm coming from. They're not clueless when I'm like, hey, we need to have a round table because um, I don't think we're about to be living here too much longer. They're not confused, and I'm like, hey, I got to give this car up because y'all getting bigger, and, you know, I got to get two cars now because y'all about y'all at driving age, and we don't need this big car no more because we don't, like, y'all got different stuff going on. So it's, it's not difficult when we have those conversations. It's not difficult when I say, hey, I'm thinking about being in a relationship. Y'all, y'all good? Even at 40, I talk to my kids because they still live here. Me being in a relationship will alter their life. Me getting a, a different house will alter their life. Uh, me getting a different car, it will alter their life. Anything that alters their life, I'm going to talk to them about. So that they can express their feelings. When my kids are going through certain things, I'm like, what's up, man? Talk, like, nah, tell me what you really feel. And if it's difficult for them to say it in front of each other, I'll take like, hey, everybody get out of here. Like, what's going on? Talk to me. I may not have a solution. I may not have an answer, 
but simply them sometimes just saying it out loud and hearing themselves and then being able to see that I'm not judging them, that my facial expression doesn't give off a, a weird vibe. Sometimes just that helps. If a lot of us had that when we were younger, a lot of like a lot a lot of more lives would be saved because we would be able to to not be as aggressive. We would be able to live the life that we really feel on the inside of us, right? The peace, the comfort, the love. We'd be like, and I and for me, I still show like. Luckily, I got to a point to where people start understanding that I'm a little bit crazy. Cause I'm not gonna fight for. I'm not fighting fear. I'm not like the only fight that I fought fear, um, and I tell you about it often because I laugh about it often because that's my brother, uh, uh, my boy Slim when he beat the brakes off of me. <laughs> Any other fight, I feel like you're trying to kill me, so I'm trying to kill you. That's just how my mind. That's how my mind was wired. So a lot of our minds are wired that okay. I'm fighting to the death and mean it and really have no care about the, the outcome of, of, of whatever, the consequence, if that, if that happens. Because I know that's how life works. I give my kids freedom to, to speak whatever they, hey, tell me. Because their life is their life. Their experiences are their experiences. So I can't get mad at the things that they are experiencing. I have to understand, hey, it's a different time. I don't want them to end up in their living room shooting their podcast, being repetitive from what I've gone through. I know that they're going to have triggers and, and traumas caused by me or in, in, in situations that we've been through. You know, um, I know that, but I don't want them to have the same ones as me. I don't want them to have the ones to where they can't really, you know, um, be a part of society in a healthy way and feel like uh, that they belong. They won't, they won't feel like me and feel like I have to continue to find where I belong. They will just feel at home wherever they're at. But I got burnt out of not being able to be gentle. But then I had to look at myself like, why are you afraid to be you? It doesn't change who you are. Deal with the jokes, knuckle up if you have to, but still be you. And so I started becoming who I was, most inspirational. I'm not, I'm not here for the bullshit. Like don't like, I'm very much calm. I'm very much quiet, but don't mess with my, my, my friends. Don't mess with my family because I'm going to be the one to bust you in the head with a boulder. It just, it's just simple as that. Because that I, I got to be extreme, right? Without understanding of all, uh, uh, like, without understanding of your real emotions and, and you operating how you feel like you need to operate. Without understanding the alpha behavior starts. Meaning you start feeling like you the king of the land and you, you know, everything got to be done how you say it 
when you say it, you know, you you going you ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Like everything is so extreme. And you start that's how you start moving because you've been forced to 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 be tough this this entire time and and you get weak and you accept that idea of I got to be tough and so you start moving like that but you don't have no understanding of how to move. And so that's when the 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 criminal life starts. That's when I I, like now you now you made me feel tough. Now I, I know I gotta be tough. I know it gotta be you know life or death. So now that's when you start escalating to to you know the negative stuff, the constant fighting, the 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 shooting, the robbing, the stuff like that. It's an escalation. I'm not saying you know all robbers and, and, and stuff like that. Like some of them just grow up like nah, that's just what I'm gonna do. But a lot of them was turned into that because they they couldn't be who they were. And without understanding of your emotions, you're going to lean towards the thing that you see the most. So on TV, you see alpha males. On, on movies, you see alpha males. When you hear stories around the neighborhood, everybody flocks to the guy with the most money. Everybody flocks to the the, the gang who you know you know have uh, the most killings, or uh, you you know who got you know the people who fight the best. So you 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 rationalize in your mind. Excuse me. You rationalize in your mind, like I don't ever want to fight that person, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna join that clique because I know that if it, if if things hit the fan, I know that he, this person got the best hands, you know, in the city. So with them on my side, I'm I'm cool. All of that is done because you 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 lack understanding of who you are. You you don't realize that you don't belong there. I was raised all my life, pretty much, besides the Jordan Downs. Like, and I, I, we left the Jordan Downs, I think I was like seven. It could have been earlier. But we was raised by bloods and raised by, not, not that they raised me and my brothers, but we was raised in the neighborhood with bloods. Even if none, even if neither of the three of us, me and my two eldest brothers, wanted to be gang members, we were so we were so planted in the friendships that we had that there was no choice. We we ran with them. They was on our, our, our sports teams. They was on our Pop Warner teams. They was on our track teams. They was on our basketball teams. They was at the Boys and Girls Club. Like, that's just what it was. We grew up, and, and that's what it was. Because of the time, because of the area we was raised in. We didn't have, like, no matter where we lived, for me, I can't, I don't know what, I don't know the experiences or how my brothers saw the experience, but there was not a place that we lived growing up, one place. There was not a place from, from elementary, I want to say, to high school, we had one place that we didn't have to be tough. And that was when we lived on um, Villa, but even then, 
it was around a time where the blacks and the Mexicans, they had beef. In the school that we ended up going to, I remember, at, like, I, like yesterday, Oswaldo and Arturo had a problem with them every year at that fucking school. Fights almost constantly. So no matter where I went, I just had to be tough. That's not a life that everybody can handle. I remember my stepfather tried to move us out of, you know, from around our friends and, and, um, and where we grew up, right? I didn't understand it then. It was weird because we had already established life. Like, we, it just was what it was. I get it now. I don't know if his conclusion is the same as mine, but I get it. I get why my stepfather, uh, my father who actually raised me, like I get why he wanted us away from that space. I mean, luckily we all made it out. Uh, we all, you know, moved to different states. We don't uh, move how we used to move. Uh, we don't hang around the people that we used to hang around. You know, and not no judgment to them because to this day, some of them is my best friends, you know, or best associates, whatever. I still, you know, in contact with a few because life is life. A few of them are passing gone, a few of them are in jail, um, but it's life. But I got burnt out of trying to be in trying to have this persona that I wasn't emotional, that I like, and I mean emotional um, on the soft side, because I'm very much emotional when we would win or lose. I'm a very much emotional um, in relationships. I'm very, like, I, I just, it just is what it is. I'm very gentle. I'm very loving. So if you see me mad, you see me respond in a way, it's because I'm, I'm burnt out. Right, and um, that has moved into my adult life, that burnout, and we all experience it in a way. I feel like um, we get lost in who we are, and we all need to uh, we we all need to verify what ourselves who we are, and. This level of burnout, it happens because we're not really paying attention to ourselves. It happens because we're still, you know, in belief that, you know, people are going to look at us as if we're soft and um, we're weak and we can't protect and we can't provide. And, you know, when you talk to your partner and, you know, they are, oh, you know, uh, that's extra or, you know, you're too emotional or they just completely ignore whatever the emotion is, like you, it, it creates a monster, right? And these different phases of, of, of burnout, um, like it's just like life, like there's a honeymoon phase, right? You go into the relationship optimistic with hope. You go into the new job 
you know, optimistic. We're hope like, oh, this one's going to be the, this going to be the job that you know I actually enjoy that doesn't feel like work. I'm going to love this, spending my time here. This going to be the relationship. This, this is the one. Right, you like I love this person. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'll fight for this relationship. I'll die for this relationship. I'll do whatever it takes to to just to move this uh, relationship forward. And then you start to feel like I'm the only one here. You start to feel like, damn, I'm putting in all this work. I'm putting in all this love. I'm doing all these things, and it's not being reciprocated. Not even like because I'm a big uh, proponent of don't reciprocate identical identically right don't give me what I give you because nine times out of ten I'm not interested for myself uh, with the thing that I gave you because if I was interested in that I would have kept it for myself and not gave it to you but when there's no reciprocation and there's no understanding and there's no respect given back the optimism starts to dwindle a little bit when you're giving your all at a job and then they're like, you know, you went over and beyond to do this. And, you know, every time I ask you for help, you know, you 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 give it to me. And then when your review come around, they're like, all right, 10 cent. It's a slap in the face. But because you're you and you don't know how not to because you don't know how to. um Express your emotions openly because of the fear of your of trying to of not being able to do it as a child, right? You're just quiet. And you 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 keep your 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 energy the same and you keep your optimism the same and you press through it as long as you can and you still show love and you still do these things, right? And because it's like the honeymoon phase, like it's it's your representative and that person's representative. Right. Once I start learning and understanding and seeing for myself how fast a person changes after that initial honeymoon phase, I start realizing I got to be me up front. Business, parent, uh, parental, um, sibling romantic I gotta be me I gotta let you know this is what you get there's no representative here there's no representative here you gotta get all of me so you can figure out this is what you wanna deal with if, if, if it is cool if it's not then not the honeymoon phase gets a lot of people in trouble because you see things that you know it's like oh my god this has the potential to be the best thing in the world and it's like hold on but you gotta see the other side of the coin Sometimes it takes a month, sometimes it takes three months, sometimes it takes six months before a person really shows who they are. Because they're not they're they're going with the flow. Right? Their their intentions could be a little bit different. They might be a free spirit. It's like, oh, I'm just I'm just chilling, I'm just doing whatever. Whereas you know who you are, and it's like, I don't want to waste nobody's time and I don't want to, you know, be here unnecessarily. So you're gonna give all hey, this is who I am. This is who I am. You know, I get depressed. I go to the park. I walk six miles. Um, I get depressed. Uh, I, I sit in my office and I just, I, I take notes on podcasts. I take notes on things that I need for the business. 
I got hella kids. Sometimes my kids be unruly and stuff, you know, but they're, they're respectful for the most part. You know, no matter how hard I work out, no matter what I do, I got a pot belly. Like, I'm up front. I'm not, try I'm not hiding who I am. I'm not arguing. I'm not, like, I'm not doing none of that. So I'm, I'm able to be, like, that honeymoon phase for me, like, it, it be real. Like, I can be googly-eyed in love with a project, with a person, with a thing. I can, all of that, but at the same time, like, you're going to get the reality of me because it's necessary. What happens in relationships, what happens at, like, you be six months into it, and then you find out the other side of the coin, not even worth it. But now you've invested so much time, so much patience, so much understanding. It's like, you got to see it through, my boy. And I start realizing, nah, you could, you can quit a person, a thing, a place, at the drop of a dime, if you want to, if you feel like it's not conducive, because what's gonna happen as you go in with so much energy and so much optimism, right? You're going to get into the not feeling appreciated part. And now stress is gonna set in. And the stress that's gonna set in it's solely because you didn't force the person to be who they were. You didn't allow yourself to be who you are supposed to be. You hid in that honeymoon space as well. You kept that energy going even when that person wasn't reflecting the same energy. You kept that love going even though you saw that person not loving you properly. Right? You kept invested in that thing that, that, that continued to not give you a benefit. You did that. Right? That's why I say it's important that we as human beings, we know ourselves. We, we, we respond how we need to respond for ourselves, not for nobody else. We have to start you know, thinking inwardly first and start understanding because if we did, we wouldn't experience as much burnout. We would be able to identify up front like all right the energy that i'm giving you not on i gotta get away from you the love that i'm giving you're not on i gotta get away from you even with my kids all right the energy that i'm on with y'all and trying to let y'all be free and try to let y'all you know understand and experience life and then i come in you know, at, at the back end to to kind of tie everything together. Y'all out on that energy. Y'all on the, I can figure this out. I got this. Y'all in that phase of y'all life. All right, bet. Cool. You still here when you need to talk to me. But the stress that's in because you don't have that boundary, because you don't you don't have that 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 idea for yourself that hey. I can love something with everything in me, and it could be the wrong fucking thing. It's up to me to say it's the wrong thing and keep it pushing. Because I'm human, because I didn't learn when I was younger, I'm going to keep pushing and keep being optimistic about it, keep trying to be understanding, keep trying to show, and then stress is going to set in because I'm not willing to give up on this thing. I'm not willing to give up on this person because I've, I've, I went through this honeymoon phase and now I'm stuck in this, in, in this position of caring. Empaths get burned out a lot. 
and I mean true empaths that not out here trying to 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 play with it. Right, there's certain things that I just can't read, there's certain things that I just can't watch because now I want to figure out how to help. I just, you know, I don't, I'm not even gonna talk about that because that that devastated me to no end. Um, that video, y'all know the video that just came out um, a couple of days ago in Memphis. Because we don't be real in that honeymoon phase, the stress comes out. And because we don't feel like, you know, we can say, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. Um, I love you. I love this. But I got to go. Because we're so afraid to do that. Because it's like, dang, well, what am I going to do next? Especially when, you, when you've invested so much. Because it's an investment. Time, it's an investment. Money, investment. When you're dealing with people, it's investment. And we get this idea that, oh, we can get these people to change and behave how we want them to behave and talk to us and treat us how we want to behave. And then what happens is that energy is gone, that optimism is gone, that person is, is now, like, they're showing you who they really are and it's stressful, but you don't know what to do because it's like, you know, is it really that bad? Why? Because you're looking at how society sees what's good and bad and not what is good and bad for you. A lot of my, a lot of my healing, a lot of my soul searching, it, it has to deal with me. I'm not concerned about what you did. You was there like I was there. I want to know why I accepted those behaviors, why I allowed myself to respond or behave that way. Like I want to know why I, I did that. I don't want to be I don't I don't want to be in a position of blaming people. Right? I want to hold my accountability. What I mean by that is not, you know, of, of course, like when I say, you know, people were there, they know who said what, who did what, how it happened or whatever. So I don't want to make it like, you know, there's no level of accountability. It's just not my responsibility to to hold you accountable for yourself. My solution to accountability, like when you do me wrong to a certain to a certain degree, is to get away from you. Right? That's the best I can do for your accountability because I allowed it. So why am I allowing it for this long? What am I thinking? Why am I going through this um, when I don't have to? I told you, my brother told me uh, this this man. He said you're an adult. Ain't nobody coming to whoop you. Ain't nobody coming to chastise you. It should not be hard for you to deal with other adults. And if that's the case, that's a you thing because you can walk away from it and you're choosing not to. That changed my life and how I deal with people. When we're going through the honeymoon phase and, you know, shit's sweet and it looks good, and, but it's just like, oh, something's not right. Let me, let me just wait. And then that, that dwindles down and now I'm stressed. Because the person who you really are is not who you presented to me. This lack of care, this lack of understanding, this this lack of love, it's not who you presented to me. Right? You 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 already like you again, in the honeymoon phase, it it, it burns out and reality sets in, stress sets in. Um, that energy, the optimism dies, and then you get to this point to where when things don't change or you know, things are not moving in a way that you feel like they should be moving. It's, you get to this uh, cr this level of chronic stress. And now, now it's, it's, it's almost over. Like, 
you get to a point to where it becomes more persistent. The pressure gets heavier. And it starts to affect who you are. It starts to change your work habits. It starts to change your relationship habits. It starts to, to change your friendships. Of hell, like, again, it's my pod. I can say what I want to. Um, I be so burnt out and stress be so heavy. My room becomes a mess. I'm not showering. My hygiene changes. Between the depression and the stress and just feeling like, for what? I've worked my ass off and, and got nothing in return. I've loved my ass off and got nothing in return. My kids, like I do everything I possibly can for them and nothing in return. Like I could, again, I can be honest. So my kids have been wilding for some time now. They, they, they really have. And it's to the point to where I'm burnt out. I love my kids. Like y'all, y'all know even without losing Kennedy, like I love my kids. I always have that, like being a parent has always been my thing. But when you do everything for so long and have little assistance from the other parent or from, from anyone, like the burnout sets in and you, you start looking at your kids funny when they start tripping. And a, a lot of people, you know, they we can't say this out loud as parents, but fuck them kids for real. Because they get to an age to where they do find themselves and you're not part of what they're looking for. And so they move like that. And so, like, I, I be telling my kids, like, yo, y'all got to chill. Like, it's, it's me. This ain't a bad mouth, the, the other parent. It's not, it's, it's, but it's like, yo, it's, it's me. Y'all rely on me. Like, even when y'all have access to your, to your other parent, it's always me. So when y'all doing certain things, it, it makes me feel like if y'all are not going, like, and I told them this, if y'all are not going to respect me and how I respect y'all, what are you doing here? Leave. You have a whole ass other parent. You don't get to be mad at me for the other parent. Go over there and be mad. So I told him, I said, for the first time, I said, I just feel like I'm, I'm over it. I'm over being a parent. I'm like, like y'all don't understand how difficult it is. Y'all don't understand the burnout of me having to get up every single day to go to work. I don't have the luxury not to go to work. You don't understand the, the, like, you know, with paying child support for Imani and then everything else goes to the house. You don't understand, like I tell them, you don't understand how that feels to work to just take care of your kids. Again, they my kids, they didn't ask to be here. Even with that, you're not going to fucking disrespect me. Especially when I've been doing it for so long, dolo. You don't get to, to, to treat me like that because I'm here. But it goes back to what I said at the beginning. Because I am the person in front of them. I got to eat all of the hurt, the pain, the confusion, the chaos that they go through whatever day of the week that they go through it. In real time, I'm understanding and I'm listening and I'm, and I'm, and I'm 
giving advice or I'm just, you know, just sitting there, just, you know, seeing if they want my advice or do they want me to respond or do they want me to just listen. But burnout has me in my room after those situations when, you know, they yelling and tripping and emotional with me and kind of taking out on me, having attitudes, not doing the shit that they're supposed to be doing. Like, I'm tired of this shit. Fuck these kids. They could go. I don't, des- I don't deserve it. But that's because I'm holding it in. That's because I'm like, man, these are my kids. They didn't have to be here. Like, da 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 da. You know, you don't, you don't get the right to feel like that. But as a human being, you don't get the fucking right to treat me like that. And I'm burnt out because I'm, uh, because I was optimistic, and I have the energy. Like, I got it. I learned how to be a single parent proficiently. We got this. We're going to be able to get through whatever we, we need to get through. I didn't account for their change, their hormonal change and their attitude change and the shift of them wanting to be in charge of shit. But they don't have fucking understanding, so I can't let them be in charge, and that's what they don't understand. So we have this back and forth because they're teenagers. We have this back and forth, and it's just like, okay, well, why are you here? Tell your other parent that you're ready and, and and go if that's what needs to be. And then when they realize that I'm serious, then now it changes. Hold on. Wait, what? Because they know me. So it's 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 surreal for them to hear that I'm that burnt out. Like, when I tell y'all, every little thing has now turned into disrespect for me. Because that's simply what it is. I don't ask much. I, like, I don't... Okay, I don't really eat for real, but I cook for them and make sure that, you know, that they good and that they have stuff. In the event that I do want to cook, I want to be able to come in the kitchen and cook. I shouldn't be looking for dishes. I shouldn't be having to wash dishes. Not near a person pays near a bill in here. Not near a person in here really cooks for me. Like, and, and, and when they do, it's like ramen or something like that. And even then, no, not even ramen. It's like stuff that they can microwave. It be little stuff, right? Be little, take, make sure the trash out. Make sure you know when it's time for me to do my podcast. Nothing crazy going on. Make sure you don't come downstairs. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do at school. Make sure that you're just being honest. Make sure you know, like, be open because I'm me, and I've opened this line of communication for whatever. And you, you guys have learned from experience that. You guys could say some of the wildest shit to me, and yeah, I'm going to be like, yo, what? But then I'm going to be like, all right, let's talk about it. Like let's, like, let's have a conversation about it. Because if I just get mad and shut you down, you're not going to learn no lesson from it. You're going to continue to do it and think that it's okay, i.e. me buying outfits at eight years old for my partner and no one saying that's not how that works. And so I turn into this everlasting giver of everything that I have before I give to myself because no one said nothing. So for them, no, you're not, you don't get to do that. But we're at the point now to where it's like, if you don't want to listen, go. Like it, it, it might be your time. You, uh, you might, you, you, this single parent, this part of the single parenting you has, has run its course. And clearly, we all are burnt out of each other because of, you know, the situations that we've experienced. And I'm fine with it. 
And so I told him that. And one of, you know, my kid that, that never shows emotion, he started crying. I didn't give a fuck. It meant what I said. So now I'm not I'm not holding back my emotion because you my kid. Because you're shifting me into a position of no, you're a human being. That's how I've been raising you. I, I like I said, I've always said I'm not raising kids. I'm raising human beings. That has been my my theme since they were born. So I don't care if you're crying now because you're being disrespectful to me to the point and so consistently that I don't even want to be around y'all for real. Like I tell them all the time, my goal is to make y'all bond so strong that in the event that y'all get on my fucking nerves for real, like I know that y'all good, wherever y'all at. A lot of parents don't, they don't say that for real, especially a lot of single parents. We feel like we got to shut up and just deal with it. This is, you know, because people be like, oh, you should have chose a different partner. You should have chose, like, my sons are all from marriage, right? I did. I did write my societal standards. I didn't have no kids prior to marriage. Everything seemed cool. Um, because, of, because of mental health issues and selfishness or whatever, the relationship didn't work. Right? I, I see my mom, I see my mom do this for, you know, for a few years. I've seen her be the dominant parent my entire life. I've seen her be like, I got this. First couple of years, very, very difficult. And then maybe maybe by like year three, like I had it. We're going on we're we're, we're going on almost year ten. The disrespect is not warranted. I no longer have the honeymoon phase of parenting. I no longer have the energy. I know uh, I'm no longer optimistic. Now reality has set in. You guys are at an age where you feel like you run the world. So go run that shit away from me. I'm not going to allow you to stress me out. I'm not going to allow you to disrespect my household and whatever it is that you that you feel like, you know, you got to do. Go ahead. You have a whole nother parent. Go. That's because it's the continuance of disrespect. Even in relationships, we sit and we allow our partner to do certain things that we're not comfortable with, that it bothers us, it hurts us, and we just don't say nothing for real because we don't want to lose this relationship. Because it's like, is that one thing that, that, that bothers me this much? Is that really, you know, um, does it really matter that much that I need to say something about it and possibly ruin the vibe of the relationship? Yes. I cannot stress this enough. Everybody should fucking be comfortable in the relationship. Everybody. Now, is the relationship, is, is the comfortability going to be equal every day? No. But both parties in relationships, in parent, in child, in child to parent, in work, regardless, everyone should be comfortable in said relationships while dealing with each other the moment that the comfort is gone we have the right to say all right this this no longer is what it is and because we don't that chronic stress sets in and now we're at the burnout phase like we've reached we've reached our limit now 
functionality is completely out the window as a result to whatever you like you not talking to your partner the same you on some i i'm gonna treat you like you treat me so if they talking this way you talking that way there's no de-escalations there is nothing we just gonna do this and now it's chaotic until this shit's over even with kids you're gonna be problematic and you're gonna like you're gonna get on their back about every single thing why your shoe right there why your shoe untied why you didn't brush your teeth like uh why you didn't, like you're gonna constantly be doing that because now you burnt out so now your your characteristics that you hold so dear and the love that you that you're trying to exude and, and, and give it's like it changes because you keep on trying to give, you keep on trying to do, you keep on trying to see other people's perspective, and you get there and it's not reciprocated. And you can't say you're burnt out because if you're burnt out, you're weak. You can't manage, oh, I knew you was a quitter, yada, yada, whatever. I can't believe you did that. I can't, like, it, 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 it's a guilt trip that people put on you. I can't believe you left us hanging. Well, I can't believe you punched me in the face this entire time and I kept telling you hey you're punching me in the face and it hurts so am I mad at you for punching me in the face consistently or am I mad at me for standing there and being punched in the face burnout pushes you to this level of aggression that you don't give a fuck about nothing everybody could just get the fuck away from you um, and, and you're doing yourself a disservice when you get to that point Sometimes you can prevent it. Sometimes you can't. Like as a, as a as a single parent, I can't prevent it. It is just, I'm gonna be burnt out because I don't I don't really get it. Well, I don't even say I don't really. I don't get breaks from them, um, financially, physically, mentally. I don't get breaks. Like I don't go on vacations. I don't I don't do anything. So like you know that's a me thing, which I am going to this year. Um, I'm going on two different vacations um, for myself. Just so that I could, like, they're, they're of age now. Like, it ain't like it's abandonment or nothing like that. You know, I'm going to make sure that, I, that everything is situated. But burnout comes in parenting. And I don't, again, I don't know how it works in, um, in two-parent households. Like, I don't, I don't know how that burnout works. But I know for me, this is one of those things that a lot of you, 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 you got to hold it in. Like I said, even in relation, you got to hold it in because, you know, people are going to be like, oh, y'all was so in love. What happened? Da, 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 da. It's like, you, you have no idea. That's a whole fucking monster behind closed doors. I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm, I'm providing, I'm doing all this. I'm being disrespected and talked to super crazy and, and not even acknowledged for real. If you keep pressing through to this burnout, and you get to that point to where you're completely changed from who you are because of the burnout, and you start behaving in, in ways that you wouldn't normally behave, you start functioning in ways that you wouldn't uh, normally function. If you don't get it treated, meaning if you don't stand up for yourself, if you don't remove um, these things from your life, if you don't start to move in a more healthier way, burnout becomes very extreme and it becomes a part of your everyday 
life. With my job, I wake up every day regretting having to log in because I'm burnt out. Going untreated, burnout is one of the causes of depression or adds to one of the causes of depression and anxiety. You are consistently giving all of you with nothing in return. You are consistently loving but being disrespected. You are consistently um, showing care and showing understanding and it's not being shown. You're consistently giving grace, but grace is not reflected on you. And so now you become the Grinch and everything is mean and everything is aggressive and everything is just, is war. And once you get there, the fatigue sets in, the mental fatigue, the, uh, uh, the physical fatigue sets in. You just become tired. And it's like, like you people who know me, they'll vouch for me being burnt out because I'm always tired. I could, I could sleep a full day, and I mean a full day, and I'll wake up exhausted like I had just run a marathon because I'm at this phase of, of, of chronic burnout that I don't get a break from anything. I want to be genuinely loved, but because I don't have that, it's like, all right, cool, I got to love myself. I want to have genuine conversations like I just want to chill I just want to have somebody to talk to and listen to you know and, and, and listen to me properly because I don't have that the tire, the, the fatigue sets in because I'm having to fulfill I'm having to do my part to fulfill the self-love the self-care and all that type of stuff and then I'm also having to 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 fight to give myself the extra that I'm not giving outwardly while still being able to wholeheartedly give outwardly to others. And the burnout comes in when you start realizing, hey, I'm doing a little bit more for this relationship that you, than you are. Like I'm like, and I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if you don't, if you don't really see, I don't know, like you're not, you're like, you, like you're not even recognizing, like I tell the kids, y'all don't even be recognizing what I be sacrificing. Like y'all don't even, like when y'all get older, y'all tell them this. When y'all get older and have kids, y'all y'all gonna figure that out. But this 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 habitual burnout phase where everything is just it, it's a, it's a fight, it's a war. I felt like this my entire life. Um, I used to tell my ex often, like I'm just tired. Everything seems like a fight. Like nothing comes easy in my life. It's always like, like uh, fist of cuffs, like always. And when you have to do that so often, you have to fight so hard to be heard. When you have to fight so hard to be appreciated, when you have to fight so hard to just feel how you feel, like it changes you. And the best way that I the best way that I can explain is loving yourself, being sure of yourself, caring about what you do, encouraging yourself to continue, allow yourself to be your uh, sounding board, allow yourself to be the thing that elevates you. Don't let no one else uh, be that thing. Allow them to be a bonus. 
right? Allow them, uh, allow them to be the extra if needed, but pour into who you are so that you aren't burnt out. Be okay with feeling how you feel and telling people, this is how I feel. And if you don't change this thing, then you got to get away from me. If you're not willing to look at life and say, okay, I see this person giving their all to me. I'm going to give something back. Like if 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 that's not the case, you gotta be you gotta be okay with that. But you gotta stand on who you are for who you are, because nobody else is gonna do it. Nobody else is gonna do it. Like no matter how, uh, no matter how loved you feel you are, no matter how how uh, much you feel like you give to people, it's it's never going to to be what you think it is. It's never going to be that, and you have to be you have to be okay with that. Um, you have to to dig deep within yourself and ask yourself, what do you really want? Once you figure that part out, what you really want, you will be able to defend yourself from the burnout because you will be able to have a, like you'll create your foundation. I know what I want in a relationship. I know what I'm willing to tolerate or not. That's why I had, like I said, I had already set up. Like if I'm not in a relationship by this time, this shit is over. Not because I don't feel like I can get into a relationship, but I, the shit, it's just over. I don't, I don't have the time nor the patience to try to build a relationship at this age for it possibly to go awry. I am playing for keeps. The moment I set my mind on whoever I set my mind on, I'm playing for keeps. I don't have time for that shit. Or I'm a, a or I'm gonna be solo and just raise my kids. And then when they get out the fucking house and I could chill and they, you know, I don't need to pay as much or do as much as as I'm doing in life, then maybe I just travel. And if love finds me, it finds me. But I'm definitely on chill mode in the sense of I'm not sweating, I'm I'm not sweating nobody, I'm not out hunting. I'm not doing none of that, but whatever comes to me, comes to me. And I'm like that in business. I'm like that in, in actual relationships. Um, even with my kids' behavior, like, I can't control, I can't control what they do and say. As much as, you know, I want to say, oh, well, you know, I'm their father and they're going to listen to me and they're going to do it because I, I said so. As much as I want to say that, that's not the fucking truth. That's not at all how this works. And being aware of that has allowed me to build who I uh, build the foundation of who I am today, who I'm, you know, who I'm striving to be in the future. Um, I'm able to take those things from the past that I didn't like about myself, that I didn't understand about myself, gain understanding to apply it to my daily activity in life, so that I can reduce as much burnout as I possibly can because I'm already in that in that uh, uh, depression anxiety space. The more and more I'm burnt out with things, the more and more I feel underappreciated or not appreciated at all, the more I feel that, the deeper I get into this mental purgatory of, of depression. So like always, I, my thing is, we got to start figuring ourselves out how we want to feel, how we want to move. If we're gentle at heart, be gentle. It doesn't take away from you being a man, it doesn't take away from you being tough. It doesn't take away from you being a provider. You know, even, you know, my, my women listeners, 
be feel how you feel. If you if if you feel a little bit more masculine than normal, like it doesn't make you nothing. It doesn't make you less than a woman because you like order as well. You have to find the person that can complement that. That understands it's not you trying to take over the role as a quote unquote man. That's just how you feel and that's who you are. And you've been suppressed. You 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 can't show leadership. Uh, you can't show leadership qualities. You can't show like provider quality. Like you can't do that because you're a woman. And they keep telling you, no, you you got to be a nurturer. Oh no, you have to you know care for everybody. That's not how that works. Human beings have the emotions that they have, and it only it like the conflict comes when people start to tell you and society start to tell you you can't be that way because you're a man or because you're a woman, and we start to believe that shit, and then we get to be adults and we're torn up and we're evil and we're disrespectful and we're confused people not on purpose but because we keep fighting that thing inside of us that we we know is us for real this outer shell that that we've created that we've allowed society to put on us it's going I'm telling you it's going to create burnout it's going I'm telling you and you going in, in everything you do uh it is it, going to crumble there's so much like i i I cannot say this enough. Like, I never look at pictures on the internet and feel like, oh, that's like relationship goals or, or this goal or that goal or whatever it is because I don't know what that person had to fight through to get there. Like, y'all don't know what I had to fight through to make this podcast over the past two, three weeks. Shit, over the, uh, the, the, over all 105 episodes, y'all don't know what, what I had to, to fight through to get. To, to this position, to get to the topic that I'm talking about, to be able to to word it properly, to uh, uh, to feel how I feel and and, allow, and not allow that to be you know the the overall vibe of uh, of the podcast. Like I'm sad, so much stuff going on in my. I'm sad. I'm hurt. I'm I'm confused about a lot of stuff, but I fight daily to to try to you know keep figuring that stuff out. And we all got to do that. We all gotta hope. We all gotta, uh, uh, gotta up our sense of accountability for ourselves, so that we can be better people. Especially those of us who have kids, we have to stop um, acting like shit don't affect us. For we're doing a disservice to our kids. We're doing a disservice to our partners when we act like shit that they do don't bother us. For real. We got to get over that. We got to start allowing, you know, and I'm not saying just go out and start yelling at people or, you know, crying or whatever. But what I'm saying is that when you're going through these situations in real time, um, if you like me and you you get angry, you know, take your time first, you know, be angry and then speak your peace. Don't wait till it's too late until you've now affected who you are Um because you haven't said nothing, because you feel disrespected, but you're like, oh, no, nah, maybe they're going through something. No, talk to them. Hey, what what is your problem? Because they'll ask you. They'll check you. Like, we get, like, like, we get into these these situations, these friendships and relationships where somebody is obviously the, uh, the alpha of the relationship. And that's not, and I'm not saying it like these, I'm not saying like these fucking alpha, these these self-proclaimed alpha males. I'm saying like in general, somebody has a dominant uh, personality. Sometimes uh, 
sometimes you get two people who with dominant personality. Sometimes you get a, you get switches who both have uh, dom and sub personalities, and one time and sometimes you get somebody who um, who is completely submissive. Without no balance, everything's gonna go awry. And I get that. The person who has the submissive qualities, they have the fear in their heart that they're gonna lose the person. There's a sense of protection, there's a sense of love. Like, I've, for whatever reason, I've always been the submissive part of every relationship and friendship that I've been in. Because I'm not out here trying, I'm not trying to be tough, right? I'm, I'm more of the chill, calm, like I go with the flow type thing. Like, I like the things that I like to do. I'm gonna do those, like I'm gonna do that by myself. I know my my alpha counterparts may not like that. Even in relationships, I've always been a submissive person in the relationship as a result on the emotional side, like provide, protect. Yeah, like I'm gonna do that shit. But on the emotional side, I'm very much submissive and very much like love, like care. Like I don't wanna lose the thing, right? But I've let that, I've, I've allowed that to create burnout in my life. And so like, I realized that's not I can't do that shit because I'm a, I'm I'm affecting me now. I'm willing to lose whatever relationship if it means saving myself. And I'm not saying to be disrespectful to the relationship or sabotage the relationship, but I'm if it if it walks away, it walks away. If it's if it means I'm saving me, if it's mean I'm not adding more on my plate than I can handle emotionally. And so that's that's how I move, how I, you know, how I'm trying to show the kids, you know, the, uh, um, my clients, I'm trying to show them to worry about your own self. If you feel yourself with the many resume characteristics and understanding that you want from others, It'll be easier for you to find that in others. If you have uncertainty of who you are and how you want to be and how you see your relationships, how you see your friendships, how you see your business stuff, if you lack that foundation, it's always going to be awry. You're always going to get burned out. But once you start, like, I want this type of love. I want this type of communication. Um, I want... I want to be able to talk to my kids about this. I want to be able for them to feel free. Like that comes with you being honest with them. That comes with you, you know, being honest with your partner. Yo, my feelings is hurt about this. Yo, today was difficult at work. Like I'm not, you know, I don't want to take it out on you. You know, give me a few minutes to chill. I'll I'll regroup and you know, then we'll we'll have a conversation or what have you. Like when you when you don't know yourself and you're not fighting for yourself. Things go awry, you get burned out. So you have to start fighting for yourself. You have to start understanding the importance of who you are so that you don't push yourself into mental health issues or further into mental health issues uh, regardless. In some way or form, we all need each other. In some way or form, friendship, relationship, parents and kids, kids, we, we need each other. Employers to employees, we need each other in some way or form. And so it's important that we all know who we are when we're going into these situations so that we can flourish in what we're trying to do. And in the event that we aren't flourishing because of burnout, because of disrespect, because we're, we're feeling like we're giving everything and getting nothing, we have the foundation to be able to see it and to be strong enough to, to, 
take action on it. It's very important that we understand that. It's very important that, you know, we keep fighting for that. It's very important that as we are living our life, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face, all that love and all that, that care and everything like you, you like, like the fakeness that you're putting on so people could see you in whatever light, in the whatever social standard that you that you are looking uh, uh, to fit in. All that that you are putting into that for everybody to see you and then you go home and you see yourself completely different, it's causing your mental health issues. It's causing your emotional breakdowns. It's causing the irritation that you have with just life in general because you are living in a space that you don't belong in. You are putting on a front for people who don't really care. But when you look yourself in a mirror, you can't handle it because you know that that's not you. You know that this, that that character is counterproductive to who you are. And so it's important for you guys to just realize your journey is what it's meant to be. And no matter the darkness, no matter the struggle, as long as we have air in us, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. What's going on, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to PeacefullyFlawed.com for your podcast merch. Uh, get you a copy of King's Collective. It's a book of 43 poems. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Also, um, you can copy you some shoes, Peacefully Flawed Apparel, Poetic Properties podcast merch, and also you can uh, listen to Second Power, which is the single from my upcoming studio album, Into the Light. Again, that's www.peacefullyflawed.com. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast, go over and download the Good Pods app. I'm telling y'all, you won't be disappointed. You get to interact with your favorite podcast host in real time. You can rate an episode, leave a comment. Like, we could just chop it up. Um, there's a tip jar on there. If you want to donate, that's cool. If not, that's also cool. Um, if you want to donate to the business overall, you can head over to our Twitter page, The Complex. It's a tip jar over there. Again, if you like, comment, share, I appreciate you all the same. Like, I'm just, I'm on a journey, like I said before. We got to go through something to get somewhere, so we might as well do it together. Thank you again. It's all love. Peace.